0: This is about something that lights your fire when nothing else will. This is the Mark Divine Show. This show, we're going to discover and dive in and discuss what makes the world's most inspirational, compassionate, and resilient leaders so courageous. Transform the nature and functioning of our own brain for the better. Go put your virtues in action. Be the best version of yourself. Life is a practice. Day by day, get wiser and stronger and Grow. How do you understand enough about your own mind and psychology and emotions and
1: how you develop a reflective awareness practice to actually get in the driver's seat of your own mind?
0: We go in-depth with people from all walks of life, martial arts grandmasters, meditative monks, CEOs, military leaders, stoic philosophers, proud survivors, and more. Every episode turns our guest's experience into actionable insights that you can learn from and lead a life filled with compassion and courage. I started putting all these little tools in my pocket. Started to reflect a lot and meditate. There has to be a balance between movement and rest. It all starts with us. We cultivate these qualities in ourselves. We become a beacon of light for others in the world. Please join us on the journey. The Mark Divine Show. Hoo Hey,
1: everybody. Doctor Drew here. It's uh, here to remind you how important magnesium can be for many aspects uh, of our well-being and health. And. Dr. Hyman, Andrew Huberman, all are talking about magnesium, and indeed, magnesium is important, as I've mentioned many times. My fellow in uh, in endocrinology was always beating me up about magnesium supplementation. It is essential. It's a huge problem because magnesium deficiency can increase all sorts of issues. We shouldn't wait until we are deficient. And even more so, there's not just one type of magnesium. There's seven different types that we optimally need to ensure that we're getting what we need. Of course, I'm an advocate of getting as much of our nutrients as we can through a well-balanced diet, and if we could, that would be fine, but it's generally impossible to get magnesium just through our food because the soil is overworked, minerally depleted, and lacking in organic matter. Plants, of course, need to get their minerals from the soil. Fortunately, Bioptimizers has a solution. Their Magnesium Breakthrough Supplement is the only product that has all seven types of magnesium. It is specially formulated to reach every tissue in the body and provide the benefits. Bioptimizers Magnesium Breakthrough gives you access to full-spectrum magnesium, which could improve your overall well-being and functioning. Right now, you can try Bioptimizers Magnesium Breakthrough and any other Bioptimizers product. For 10% off, just go to magbreakthrough.com slash drew. That is magbreakthrough.com slash drew and use the code DrDrew10 to boost your intake of magnesium and start feeling better, I trust, hopefully. Don't wait to be deficient. Start taking the best magnesium and improve your well-being right now. Just go to magbreakthrough.com slash drew. (music) Hey, everyone. Dr. Drew here. Appreciate you all being here. Uh, Listen, I appreciate you all supporting the people that support us so we can keep the winds in the sails of the Corolla pirate ship still after all this time, and uh, you give me the chance to do these interesting interviews. Today, today, Mike DiVicino, the book is Dear Joey, Letters from Prison, Book One. Letters he's compiled from fellow inmates. You're going to hear Mike's story in a second. Insights how poor life decisions can drastically alter the trajectory of a life. It's available at Amazon. Uh, it was released April 22. Um, Mike spent the last 29 years behind bars due to uh, crimes and uh, possibly some ties to the organized crime syndicate. So we'll talk about that. He was sentenced, sentenced to serve three life sentences uh, and the rest of his natural life in a maximum security prison. Uh, and while at Folsom, Mike – changed. Mike made it his mission to help the new younger inmates who were being recruited by gangs and escape the same fate he found himself in. Mike, welcome. Good morning. Thank and, you for having me. You, you bet. Dr. Well, look, here's your, here is your uh, – what a great article here in the Las Vegas Review Journal. Um, Mike and I had met once before a couple of years ago. We have mutual friends. And I'd heard his story, and I was like, well, that's a TV show, and uh, I was somebody's got to do something with this. I don't remember why we didn't, but I still feel the same way. Uh, and then you've written this book, so tell me about it.
0: So the, the impetus for this particular book, Dear Joey, Dr. Drew, is, as you alluded to— um, I didn't find myself in maximum security prison. I worked very hard to get there, actually. <laughs> and you, you weren't just a trajectory that headed there. You, I was You not. actually made it your mission. I did. I did. <laughs> Most regrettably and yet, all things happen for divine reason. I believe that. But while I was in maximum security prison, I turned my life around, and my whole thing was, Dr. Drew, how do I keep a lot of the young gang members, inmates that were around me from ending up serving the rest of their lives in a cage. So that wasn't something that just happened one day, was it? (laughs) I imagine there was moments of change, but how did you get to that point where you started thinking that way? Um, Interesting question. So when I was first arrested, Dr. Drew, and that was here in Los Angeles, it was during a high-speed chase, got arrested ultimately, and I found myself where I needed to be at the time, which was in jail. I was sentenced originally to six years in prison. During those six years, the woman I was dating at the time, we got married, and they used to have what was called conjugal visits. For the the listeners that aren't familiar with what that is, if you're legally married, there's trailer-type setups there within the the confines of the prisons. They're heavily monitored, and you have intimate time alone with family members, a wife. Uh, I was scheduled to be released, I believe, in December, Dr. Drew, of 1993. My son was conceived during that time. At that point, I had two years before I'd be out, turn my life around, be a father, etc.
1: That, that was your intention? That then. was my intention.
0: That That's correct. Yeah.
1: Were you a good inmate at that point? Were you a model citizen, or were you a problem?
0: I was probably somewhere in the middle. Okay, um, so you kept to yourself. Yes, okay. most definitely. All right. So two years to go. Two years to go. Uh, the gates are in my purview. I could see them. And as I said, my first and only child was born. His name's Giuseppe or Joey. And lo and behold, unbeknownst to me, I start getting indicted by the grand jury. There was a fellow Italian that. Evidently, had been working with the government to get his own brother out of prison for murder. And he was wearing a wire a wire on me and several of the other Italians throughout the country. While you were in prison or before? Before. But it all was revealed as I was yeah. in. This all started being revealed. Uh-huh. I started getting indicted. Now I'm back in the courtroom in uh-huh. the L.A. County Jail to realize you are not being released in two years from now, a year from now. Um Ended up back on trial behind these wires. Can you ended, talk about what the material was? Um, yeah, it was it – was basically it was uh, allegations of Italian organized crime mm-hmm. and kidnappings, extortions, etc. I went wayward at a very young age. Saw the inside of my first lockup at the age of 12, cycled in and out. Was uh, it sort of like uh, – Bronx stories—that was called—sort of
1: like you were sort of enlisted that way because it's part of the community, and just sort of there it was in the neighborhood. And
0: interesting, you ask, that cause I actually met Chaz Palma back in the day, and wow. it was called Bronx Tale. If Bronx I'm not Tale, cor- yeah, Bronx correct, Tale, yeah. I had met Chaz back in the day. Probably, you know, we all end up mirroring to some degrees what we see in our communities, mm. and I was no different. Mm. And it was how you got family and connection and, and status. <sighs> Yes, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, Were you doing drugs or anything yourself? Never no. got into drugs. Yeah. I went so the opposite the- way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I started stealing and fighting at a very young age, got out of control with both. Um, in fact, at the age of 18, don't know how I graduated. I was passed from high school is what I say. I did not graduate. I was passed. Um, that same year, I won a regional Golden Gloves, and I let that be utilized for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and here I was, mm. and like I said, you asked about the crimes and kidnappings, extortions, mm. etc. I had no real goals in life, had none, in fact. And I was seeing that with a lot of the young guys I was in prison with, no goals. So but I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing though,
1: you had some goals in terms of impressing the leaders
0: or the people you looked up to. That's somewhat that's somewhat true and somewhat not true. Mm. I just just didn't care. Basically, I just I became what I became at a young age. Mm. Didn't care as you said, and I can't ba- bang the drum loud enough about not having goals. Mm. And you know, I came from an imperfect background, as I say. And uh, when you say goals, do you mean purpose? That's certainly tied in. Yeah. Um, because at that time, if you were to ask me what my purpose was, it was what I was doing. Yeah. I was let myself being utilized, and I was raising both hands for that. Mm. Hey, you got anybody that needs? Mm. Uh, it's not paying their their debts. They need to pay their tides. I'm ga- I'm in. I'm game. And mm. I my phone never stopped ringing, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I was more than game. Mm. In That's- fact, in fact, if I may. My very first state bid that I did. What does that mean, state bid? uh, Jail, uh, a prison sentence. Got it. It's a prison sentence. Got it. It was me helping some individuals collect some money. Mm. That's not in the the law books. uh, Being against the law for collecting money, it turned into a robbery is Mm. what ended up happening. There was a fight. There was some gunshots uh, when I was collecting money from this particular individual did my first state uh, bid, uh, probably early 20s then, then uh, what can I say?
1: So now you're with two years to go. Now you're back in the courtroom, and uh, you're, I guess, something happens.
0: (laughs) So, yes. um, And I still have a little trouble keeping on point just since my release. I'm kind of all over the place. No, you're good. Thanks for keeping me in.
1: No, no, you're not unusual. This is how my might have used Really? I love it. It's not unusual. Awesome. Yeah. In um, so, fact, by the way, I, the way I interview, I kind of want you to go.
0: Oh, nice! You, and then we'll Very I'll nice. bring you back. Don't worry. Okay, okay. perfect. Yeah. Uh, so yes, yeah, so now I'm, I'm I'm back in the L.A. County Court courthouse. At that point, probably a year to my release date. My son is now, excuse me, a year, year and a half old, and uh, there's there's a term that used to be used. I don't even know if it's used anymore about having the book thrown at you, mm. um, my refusal to cooperate with the government in this ongoing pretty significant investigation, um, I had the book thrown at me. And as, as I say, and it's entirely true, I was no innocent bystander in any of it. But, but had you cooperated, wouldn't you have been in big trouble? I don't know. I really can't speak. That's not something I really ever entertained. I was not raised that way. as raised the old school way. You just don't, don't talk do it. about yeah. any. Yeah, yeah. No, not even don't do it. You just don't talk about what you're, you are doing. Uh-huh. You don't talk about it, and uh, you go down on something. You take that. You, know, you ride that beef, as we say. Mm. So by the end of the trial, uh, it ended up being – now, as I said, roughly a year to my release date, six months, whatever it was out, that parlayed into a multiple-life prison sentence to where 1993 now gets moved to never getting out of prison. Uh, what does that feel
1: like?
0: It's hard to believe, I bet. I have to be honest. Where I was in my life at that time, I was so calloused. You still didn't I care. Was yeah. I was hardened. I was hardened. And yet, deep inside, I always had a—I had a—dare I say it? I had a— I had a soft heart deep down inside, but it yeah. was just very callous, yeah. and and from a lifetime of whatever it was. Yeah. And you're not the first to ask me that. Well, what was that like, Karen, You being judged to spend the rest of your natural life in prison. Um, dare I say this? I was right where I I needed to be at that time, or was supposed to be. Did you know that, or you just didn't even abstract
1: to that degree? It just was what it was. It was what it yeah. was. Okay. And so now here you are. You're in. Okay. Did you go somewhere different? Were you take, put in
0: some away prison? No, as you alluded to at the beginning of the broadcast, I ended up in uh, New Folsom, which is, for anybody familiar with the penal system here in California, that was Max Max. Found myself there again. Worked very hard to get there, actually. What, meaning what? Um, when I say worked hard to get there, um, there's not many innocent guys in my opinion that end up there in maximum security prison with multiple life prison sentences. You worked for that. Mm. I know there are some innocent – I happen to know know a couple. There are some individuals that, of course, are innocently convicted, et hmm. cetera, wrongfully accused, what happened? And, have and you. they end up there? Good point. <laughs> Maybe confusing. not there. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm there. I'm in Max. Yeah, My son is born, and and I just knew in that moment when I got to Max at some point, survival was the order of the day, and certainly for myself, because I refused to join any of the prison gangs. Oh, boy. Um, it was more important for me, Dr. Drew, to do right than to be popular. Already? Absolutely. So, so
1: where'd that come from?
0: Hmm. Prison, for those who have never thankfully been there, yeah. maximum security in particular, it's it's total bedlam. When the cages are open, you just – you're always waiting for the, the gun towers to start shooting, the, the inmate on inmate, prison gang on prison gang, prison gangs on prison guards, just the, the violence is just uh, – it's just off the charts. You oh, just right. never know what's going to happen that day. And it could, for anybody that's living in reality at that point, which I was, yeah. each day could very easily be your last. And again, for me, survival was the order of the day, especially me being somebody that refused to to tip up, as it said, to join the, the prison gangs. I wanted to be the guy that was trying to lead the guys out of the gangs um, so they had a life. Something I didn't have at the time. I gave that up. I, uh, yeah, I squandered all that. And I just, looking at all these young guys around me, it, it just, it was. Were you an older guy there? No, I yeah. wasn't. I was in my 20s yeah. at the time. Um, but I just knew there was more to life at that point. It's like, what the hell? And I can't go go beat that drum enough. But, is that something that slowly occurred to you, or is it just. As soon as they shut the door on you, you thought, oh, man. Perhaps the latter of that, now that you have me thinking about that. Um, because I, I do know the transformation happened there in, in New Folsom for me. And, and I began to educate myself, something I did not do in any previous years, school years, or otherwise, Did education. the other inmates
1: resent that or try to take you off that course? Or?
0: Yeah, I know there was a lot of resentment, of course, to that. Nobody likes to see somebody it's the proverbial bucket of crabs. Yeah. You know, you start to crawl out yeah, yeah. and all the others are trying to pull you back down. Sure. Um and I wasn't doing that, of course, to cause any tumult further tumult or upset, however, it was right for me. Did and you come close to joining a gang? I imagine it was really
1: hard not to.
0: No, and it's not to no, I didn't come close. It's it's uh without without getting into some of the gangs that began backing me because it's—it's it's not to say, Doctor Drew, that I did not have many, many occurrences of, of mutual combat, you know, of blood, bloodshed, et cetera, Because I did, you know, you don't skip through a war zone wherever you're at, you know. At when in Rome, right? Yeah. Well, I, ma- I just imagine you had to defend yourself plenty. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, as I, as I had mentioned, me having grown up from a very young age with all my confusion and anger and whatever else, began fighting at a very young age, was pretty decent with my hands from a young age, the golden gloves, etc. You don't bring a knife to a gunfight, right? Yeah. So that's one thing. Me and you as men, squaring up, getting, doing whatever, trying to knock each other's heads off, yeah. crack ribs, whatever it is. That's that's one level. But you're you're speaking about a whole different level. Again, when in Rome, you do as the Romans and do the math, right? How do you just as a to jump forward for a
1: second? How do you manage all that now? Is it haunt you, or you? Hmm. Do you lose sleep, or you have PTSD? As I, I'm guessing you do. Yeah. Um,
0: Emphatically, yes. Yeah. I do have PTSD. I, I um, haven't needed the diagnoses for PTSD, but I have severe PTSD. Yeah. Um, I've been out going on three years now. I don't mean to jump ship here. No, no, any- okay. I, want, I brought you forward, so keep going. Excellent. Um, so it's my hypervigilance is a curse on one hand. Mm. That served its its purpose for s- certain for the decades I was locked in those places that I was in, it's, mm-hmm. it served its purpose. Now, since uh, being released, however, the, the, the hyper vigilance, super reactionary, when not extremely careful and cautious, yeah. very hyper vigilant. Yeah, the PTSD is a very, very real thing, and I would imagine you, in your own ways, somehow can you could relate to that, or or from an ad- analytical point of view, you I mean, certain- see it now we're from our
1: sponsor better help now you've heard me talk about better help you know i like these guys i have been very pleased with the patients family friends that i've referred to them and one of the great things that has come out of this pandemic is using electronic media zoom that sort of thing to access mental health services and there's no longer any any possibility of you being uh you are you using you know, embarrassment or stigma as, as an excuse. It is not a, an excuse. You can't use it anymore because this is all done really confidentially. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, better help is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, switch therapist anytime. Yeah. Look, the benefits of therapy are clear. And if you're having issues, you, you, you take care of your body. You take We work out. We watch our nutrition. Take care of your mental health as well. It's very important. And it can be tough to train your brain to be in problem-solving mode when you're stuck with a problem. Well, if you want to learn to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. And a therapist can help you become a better problem-solver. When you want to be that better problem-solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drew to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp.com slash Drew. Jordan Harbinger, you've heard me talk about it. If you're not listening to it, you really should be. And uh, I know all the time people are telling you, you've got to listen to this. But Jordan's show was named one of the best 2018 by Apple. Each episode, I've told you all about it. Guys, it's, you know, interesting people. Jordan himself is interesting. His His desire is to make sure that you come away from the podcast with really not just having learned, but having information that are practical and things you can use to apply to your own life. The Jordan Harbinger Show is a podcast that you should check out, wide-ranging topics, weekly interviews. There's an episode for everyone, no matter what you are into. The podcast covers a lot, but one constant is Jordan's ability to pull useful information and advice from his guests. That's right. He's, well, you've heard me talk about how interesting he is. He speaks multiple languages. He's had traveled the world, increasing wildlife experiences, law degree, I enjoy the Jordan Harbinger Show. I think you will, too. Search the Jordan Harbinger Show, that is H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Perhaps you're surprised to learn that your health insurance may not always cover the full cost of an emergency medical flight. Even with comprehensive coverage, you can get hit with a copay, deductible. Protect your family and your finances with Air MedCare Network memberships. As a member, if an emergency arises, the expense of air medical transport is completely covered when flown by an AMCN provider. Membership costs as little as $85 a year and covers your entire household every day, even when you're away from home. That is clearly pennies a day and well worth it. We all know the unexpected can happen. An AMCN membership is protection no family should be without. And for a limited time, as a Dr. Drew podcast listener, you'll get up to a $75 e-gift card when you join Hmm, it's $85 a year, then a $75 e-gift card? Come on. Simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash Drew and use that offer code, Drew. Oh, no, you should Analytically. Have it would be, I mean, be crazy if you didn't have it. It'd right. It would be insane. How could sure. you not have it? But but there's, there's PTSD and there's PTSD. I mean, you're talking about this sort of state you put yourself in for survival and that that state is not so much appropriate for now and yet it continues. You know? Correct. That's sort of what you're talking about. But you didn't talk to me about sort of the misery of all this. Is there misery still now left over from all that?
0: I think I do pretty well managing it. Yeah. I, I I certainly don't try to live in that. You're, if, not, you're not depressed? You're, no. You're able to have normal relationships and you're yeah. – um, when you say normal relationships, because you have to be able to trust people for that and it's got to be hard that's th- yeah trust is a very big factor of course yeah. but i'm a guy that really loves people hey t- tell me something you're, you're gonna educate me here
1: let's go i i, I have i don't uh, treat criminals very often and the reason i don't is because and, and you tell me if this is right or wrong that criminality per se is kind of a Specific thing. It's a specific mindset. Would that be true? I would say yeah. so. And and what I find core in that mindset is sort of everything's bullshit. Like I can reach somebody. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. I can reach somebody on a very deep level and be working with them, and all of a sudden realize they're just like ah, fuck. You're 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 trying to get something from me, or you're want to get paid, or whatever it is. Everything's bullshit on some when the day is done uh yeah and that's hard to work with for me you're nodding your head for people that go ahead no yes uh that's the trust thing right
0: yeah absolutely trust is certainly a very significant factor you
1: must look at people all like everybody's out for something kind of feeling
0: i do and yet i i you know dr drew it's i see things mostly through my heart my heart's bigger than my intellect most of the time um most people would probably be ashamed to make such an admittance. But, yeah, my heart outweighs well, my intellect. maybe in prison that would have been shameful, not out of prison. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. So, I'll take it.
1: But but that's something that has to be cultivated. So now tell me how that happened because that's got to be possible in a maximum security prison. So how did that happen? Be a little more – And So how did you go from having to defend yourself, hypervigilant, involved in you know violent kind of stuff – to developing, letting your heart come forward and and developing that, and then talking to these other inmates, and thus the book. I'm Okay.
0: Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So, I was the guy even at a young age. Uh, even though I couldn't save myself, I wanted to save everybody else. Where'd that come from? Probably from the imperfection. I, I to keep that. Did you simple, have to save one of your
1: parents or something?
0: No, it's your just dad beat up your mom or something like that? Just things that her? that I witnessed in yeah, the okay. house. Okay, in, so you in, wanted to save people in the house. Yes. Okay, got it. Because it around. usually comes what, where that comes from. So. You're absolutely spot on without yeah. getting into specifics nope. from nope. my point. Don't even. So me being the guy that I couldn't save myself, but I wanted to save I get everybody it. else. Yep. yep. So fast forward to me now being in maximum security prison. Still doing that. Absolutely, if mm. not more so. And my son was a huge catalyst, if not – he was a major catalyst for that. That mm. I need to leave a different legacy behind than the one that was laid out before me, or than the one that I've created. And uh, that seems
1: like a very powerful through line. Like I feel like there, there it is. Like there's the mm. the core, right? Isn't that kind of it? Mm-hmm. I would so agree. you're a rescuer, but you know it should. You know it went bad. Don't want that for your son. Yes, that's correct yeah that's correct, and so now you're starting to rescue others now is that i'm I'm guessing originally you're doing that with your fists, <laughs> in other words, you're standing up for
0: others and that kind of thing. that has been a, a lifelong position of mine yeah. to this very day yeah um, did it happen in prison? Yes, okay, and then when
1: did it go from that physical to being more connecting with them, listening to them, or whatever it is you ended up doing, and you can tell me that story.
0: So. I, I, I could tell you yeah. even from the beginning, from the inception of me landing in Max. Uh, it it took place all but instantaneously, and it was a fine line between survival, physical survival, and then, hey, come over here. I I was having books sent in from the outside at that point. I was educating myself. Wanted to help educate some of the other guys. I started creating prison programs um, to be implemented. Um, Those fell through the bureaucratic abyss, if you will. Mm. And on a couple different occasions, I ended up in isolation, which wasn't a terrible place for me. I ended up in isolation. It was a good place to reset for me. And even though there's a lot of insanity that goes on in the whole um, all the men are in were in our individual cages but for me well, was, at least you don't
1: have to worry about somebody coming in on you
0: I could just yeah I could yeah. just kind of go and, and as I say reset regroup let me open my cage back up and let's, let's go again it's so as I was creating prison programs etc and mentoring to individual gang members and youngsters not yet sentenced to serve the rest of their lives in prison um as you go through your, your prison sentence and your prison years, um, you end up working your way down from, let's say, high max to a medium max to a low max to a medium security, and that typically takes place over years. Did that happen to you? Absolutely. Oh, okay. it did. Yeah, of course. Did you take other guys with you? Were there guys you successfully got through that as well? I would like to think so. Do uh, you
1: have any contact with any guys that find that oh, yeah, Tell me about that.
0: I do. Um, I'm in touch, actually, with a number of individuals that I once mentored to cared about to parents of guys that are still spoke with a a guy's mother yesterday that he's doing life without um, the circumstances that led him and his cousin to attempted murder and murder. I was just speaking with his mother yesterday. I've dealt with a lot of the parents and, you know, they call and of course they gnash their teeth and they cry and it's it's heartbreaking, and that's her son. What do you tell a mother about her son? And he's this kid's a beautiful kid. He made some very poor choices, and you know now now uh, this particular woman, Annette, no last names, obviously, she's asking me to go with her to see the attorney and make sure the attorney is really doing what they can, what they can, etc. And I mean, look, we all we're all uh, infallible, and any guys get out that you still in touch with? Yes. And yes. so do you guys have little
1: gatherings or anything, or just not, stay, kind of stay in touch?
0: Stay in touch. Yeah. Not supposed to. When I oh, I, I'm hoping to impact that, that, I I at some, that some point. point. I didn't know that. That's no, crazy. that's okay. When you're on parole, yeah, you get out of prison. You're typically on parole, being yeah, yeah. supervised by parole officers. You're not supposed to be in touch with other ex-felons or it. guys. And the truth of the matter is, um, and you at however many levels of this you could relate to. Especially with your recent trip, uh, who better to understand somebody that's been in the trenches with you? So he's,
1: Mike is referring to something I've not really talked about much publicly, which is this reality show that may be out very soon. Where I was with another group in a very intense environment. And yeah, you get very bonded to those people. Absolutely. It, it's, I, we talk all the time. Your life depended on it, did it not? Oh, yeah. But it's really not even, we didn't even get to that point. Just the being in a shared trauma Absolutely. brings people together in ways like that's, again, not a glitch in our system. That's a feature of our brains. That's how our brains work. Hmm. And when we're in a traumatic situation, we are naturally bonded with those people. Okay. And, and it, and it, it just is. <laughs> it's just yes. not
0: something you can undo. It's just the is. camaraderie is yeah. inexplicable. You can't explain yeah. it to yeah. anybody. No, else. no.
1: Especially if you, especially if your life depended upon it, then it's just forget it. Then you're just good for life.
0: So I do want to go back to the point where you seem a little surprised that yeah, you're not supposed to be, not supposed to be in touch with other ex felons, et cetera, et cetera, and yet. Well, surprised, no I'm
1: surprised at my own ignorance is really what I'm surprised at. Not at all. But, but go ahead. So there's
0: no one else who – There's no one else that's really going to be able to relate to I, what that's you've what I was been thinking. through. That's what
1: I was thinking about, yeah. All the
0: violence, all the yeah. isolation, all the suicide. Yeah, you Many need that support from them. Like absolutely. Just, hey, just
1: checking in. Are you all right? Yes. Are you doing? It's yes. different out here now, isn't it? Oh, yes, yes. Did you get to do that? Do they let you? Or do you do it anyway?
0: <laughs> oh, don't say – don't – I don't want It's to, okay. <laughs> I could, I, listen, not for nothing. I could say it today because yeah. – You know, something amazing happened about two weeks ago. So um, I did the nearly 30 years in a cage in prison, and I was on what's called five years of paper, which means five years of parole supervision. Mm. And I've been being supervised one way or another from a very young age, Mm. and that's all I've actually known, you know, is just – always the paranoia of being watched, even if I'm not doing anything wrong. And on and on that goes. And a couple of weeks ago, I get a call from my parole officer, and uh, David Chino. And I said, yeah. (laughs) And he says, this officer, so-and-so, hey, how you doing? You know? And uh, he says, look, I'm calling to tell you uh, California's released you from parole. You're now free. Oh, my gosh, completely. Completely. Oh, And I have to tell you, Dr. Drew, when I got that call, I cried the entire day. Wow. I went and got my sister, and me and my sister went around to each of the other family members, anybody and everybody that would listen. Oh, so you, now
1: you but, can go talk to all these people. Oh, That's gosh. correct. Oh, my God.
0: Whereas before, I was doing it because it was my conviction. It was yeah. in my heart. It was in my yeah. soul, and God forbid if— if you really want to punish me further for giving yeah, a yeah. damn, then yeah, I'll and take and the punishment. I don't know if you should talk
1: about this even. I don't even want no, to. No, it's the okay. It's
0: okay because <laughs> here we are, yeah. and I hope to be able to effectuate some type of changes as as I go, even where that's concerned. Because what you're doing is you're chopping away someone's life support system. Yeah, yeah. By not allowing one another. Yes, I see that. Yes, I get that. Absolutely,
1: hundred percent get that. I'm in fact surprised that. That uh, the parole system doesn't allow for at least some sort of getting together or something, you know, sort of supervised, whatever. You know, it just seems weird to me they don't. So, 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 you know, I I work with people that recover from extreme things, and you know, moments of change are always a very powerful part of their story and you know, how they get to those moments of change have a lot of different. I get the feeling there was some sort of intense moments for you when you said, I, I, I got to change. <laughs> Do you want to – so I'm, I'm going to visit that in a second. But okay. it's, it's moments of change. It's service, which is your life. Yes. And then some sort of spiritual something. Yes. <laughs> whatever that is. Well put. Uh, so let's talk about the moment of change first. So we've heard the service. that That's just all over the place. Okay. I mean it's, it's constant and clear. Uh, moment of change. Was there a particular moment where you were saying, like, oh, fuck.
0: I, I would, I think, I would just be looking to create something for that answer, and so, I'm not one of them so people not that do that. that comes to mind. Okay, no. A-
1: and w- it's, when people have moments of change, sometimes it's because of an important relationship. Somebody gets, somebody sees them, okay, as and so they're able to see themselves. Okay, did anything like
0: that happen to you? I could tell you as you're leading this and you're bringing me back to that time. Yeah. Um, it's a long time ago now, by the it way. It is. It's it certainly is. Honestly, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a different life ago, quite yeah. literally. I and mean, we're talking about literally 25 years ago, probably, right? I would say so. Yeah. Right. Quarter of a century. Or 20, yeah. So or any, better.
1: anybody was in your life who, who sort of saw you in a way that other people hadn't seen you and it helped you see
0: yourself? I think what I call as my epiphany happened differently. Yes. Okay. So here's my epiphany. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. So I'm in in one of the higher-level security prison facilities. Yeah. It wasn't a loved one per se, but it was one of my beloved fellow prisoners because I I gave a piece of my heart to every one of them. Yeah. And I was on a tier. I was on a second tier, Dr. Drew, uh, mentoring to one of my gang members. And we're looking into the cell block, what was going on, guys playing cards, dominoes, fighting in the showers, stabbing, whatever goes on until the gunners catch wind and start shooting and all that. That's just the order of the day, all this. And I I had this soliloquy that continued to go on through my mind as I would speak to these – young, what I called my youngsters and my nephews. I was known as Unc in there to a lot of the guys, Unc or Pops they would call me even though I was still at that point in my 30s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so unks, mostly. But, and then it became Pops as the years went. Yeah, And it was uh, in a beloved sense. Yeah, I get it. And while I was speaking with this particular young gang member, me always trying to figure out how could I reach these youngsters before mm. they end up in the school-to-prison pipeline, mm. before they come to prison, how do we reach them? Mm. And in that moment, Dr. Drew, I had my epiphany for dear Joey— which was go around to some of my my fellow prisoners, ask them to write letters, which I knew would, would provide them with a voice for one and a little value because a lot of the guys are beaten, dejected by society, self, less than perfect home environment, etc. Um, and when I – so I have this epiphany. I go start going around to some of the guys in the cell blocks in the prison yard. Hey, how would you feel about giving back? I didn't even know what I was going to do at that point with these letters. Mm. You writing a letter to a younger version of yourself, etc., etc. Sure, Ronk. Sure, Mikey D. Yeah, whatever. So I start collecting these letters throughout the years, not even knowing, Dr. Drew, exactly what I was going to do with these other than I'm going to find a way to get these letters into the hands of young people everywhere.
1: Would you share them with other inmates as they came in? Like, here's a particular letter. You should read this. Absolutely no, not, because not. that
0: would be a violation, so to speak, of trust. Like, I, I get a letter it. from you, and now you're living in this. There's not a lot of positivity oh, right, going everyone's on. everyone's still pre- there. Everyone's all, yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, everything is about bravado yes, yes, inside yes. the joint. Got it. As you could imagine. Got it. Got so it. so here we are.
1: Now, is this, it says part one. Where's the book? They took the book from me.
0: There it is. So, this is
1: part one. How many uh, here and how many letters? Oh my gosh, you got the pictures of the guys with it.
0: So, yeah, this the Dear Joey book one, uh, those letters were collected and compiled in a particular facility, penal facility. And Dear Joey book two will be a collection of letters from another correctional facility, different uh, security levels. And I'm looking to get those into the schools everywhere.
1: And are these guys all still in? Do you still have any communication with them?
0: Or st- yeah. Some of them are still in. A yeah. few of them have been killed since in, in prison. Yes. Oh. Shit. And and actually, wait. Let me stand corrected here. Some of them have been murdered since being out, continuing with their criminal uh, uh, lifestyles. You, do you specify
1: in the book who's still with us? Thank you for the for. You're very welcome.
0: Um, no, I don't. I it's out of respect to yeah, family okay, and what I get have it. you. I get it. Uh, my, my big thing with with dear Joey Dr. Drew is as I said, getting these me having figured out the epiphany and getting these compilation of letters of those who have went down the wrong path in life and getting these into the, the hands of kids throughout our country into the school systems, the juvenile facilities, etc. Et no, I get it, it could, it could go
1: well be on that I'll tell you why. ZocDoc, it is a free app that shows you physicians who are patient-reviewed take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, every specialist under the sun you can find. And it's a mobile app. It's as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book a doctor with a few taps. Find and review local doctors and read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. And when you're ready to go into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who you have chosen, who understands your needs. Go to ZocDoc.com. Find the doctor that is right for you and book an appointment in person or remote. It all works on your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and you should let it be your go-to when you need to find and book a quality physician. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Drew and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated physician today, Many available within 24 hours. That is Z-O-C-D-O-C, ZocDoc.com slash Drew. One more time, ZocDoc.com slash Drew.
0: Ultimately, I'd love to get these throughout throughout the world. To be honest with you, I mean, kids are kids, right? Human yeah. nature being what it is, it doesn't matter what language you speak or what your skin color is. We can all relate. It's so interesting this the
1: thinking that, that you know at the time. Yes, you know, I, I get to hear all the drug addict stories, and you know the the, the drug addict criminal, so to speak, stories are almost comical because they're like, "What's wrong? I'm doing something wrong with my life." I know. I got to take my syringes out of my coat pocket and put them in my socks. That that, and the, then if I put the cocaine down there, too, I can traffic it. And if I change from Harbor and Central to, you know, to say, you know, that's how drug addicts think. It's like, oh, I'm standing on the wrong corner and I've got the the drugs in the wrong pocket <laughs> but that's different than, than criminal stuff right it's a different kind of thing criminal behavior, is, criminal is thinking it. is a little more it is and cloudy it is. and yes. you know it can be funny it'd be fair but yes, it's a little it more like be you're comical. saying like like cloudy right yeah so interesting yeah um, all right so there's the there's the moment of change or the moments of change in your yes. case and, and it sounds like yours was a, a you know like a series of things which is sometimes how that works now the spiritual piece you you sort of responded to that what is that for you? And I'm going to give you a big lots of room for that because I believe spirituality could be Catholic church, a specified personal theory of God or just what we experience when we are just like you and I are talking right now to me that's very spiritual but Agreed.
0: what is it for you? So going through this when I was young I was Catholic I ended up going, moving on to Christianity and then it was in my years, it just so happened to be, I think, while I was in prison, I just became spiritual.
1: Can you specify what that is for you?
0: I can. Yeah. Um, ideology being what it is, um, I'm not a guy that was willing to argue about whose God was better, greater. I didn't want to fight you over that. I would. <laughs> didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel it was necessary. Um. um it, it it just evolved for me into spirit a, a very deep spirituality where I believe all things are supposed to be connected for good, but it's us as humans that make them bad. And and you said things happen the way they're supposed to happen. You said something like that a few months yes, ago. So it's sort yes. of there's
1: sort of a working through process in your spirituality. Like
0: I think it's just just letting go and being totally open and the rest just happens uh, it's a divine intervention just it's within all of us but our our own human nature gets gets in the way does that make sense oh, oh yeah very much so
1: um, humans can uh Never underestimate the ability of humans to fuck things up. (laughs) (laughs) They will, they can do it, but they, but they have great, they have great capacity for immense good, too. Yes, that's absolutely Uh, right. And that's the, that's the uh, insanity of the human experience at once. What's ahead for Mike DiVicino? What's for Unc? For, for Pops? Yes. What's ahead? Oh, How, where uh, do you go from me. here? And, and let me just say, you know, give yourself some time, man. 20, 30 years in prison, you expect to feel normal a couple years out. There's no way. you got to give yourself some time to heal and, and, to, and get used to this. And you've only been off probation for two weeks, right?
0: That's correct. That's, that's phenomenal. That's Thank you. And, and, and I need to punch back here. Go ahead. Um,
1: Please, not literally.
0: No, no, this is all <laughs> figurative, of course. And and you know, and and if I may, I, I I need to just let me go back just for a brief moment, if I can. Yeah. So going from maximum security prison to where you work your way down to the lower security levels, yeah. I made it to a medium. Yeah. Ultimately, and then you had to, which helped me tremendously for where I am now in this so-called free world. Make this transition, Doctor Drew. I had to. I don't even know how to quantify this. I had to learn – and that, that wasn't too, too difficult. Everything in a lot of the early prisons that I was in, to include the L.A. County Jail, which was very, very notorious at the time, extremely notorious where violence was concerned. Um, I had to get myself into a place, if you will, why, when I made it to the medium security prisons – so I was ultimately transferred from California to Nevada, because where that's where the whole family is, hardship transfers, parents fighting cancer, et cetera, et cetera. Then how do you turn off that you're still trapped in a war zone, but everybody's not trying to get you? And there's a lot of posturing in some of the lower security prisons, if you could understand that. Yeah, there's sure. a whole lot of posturing. Everything's about the gangs and yeah. the violence and control and this and that. So, I had to learn to where I could tamp that down quite a bit and not respond uh you know i toward the end there i was i i I was eating a little bit of shit and i'm I'm surprised when i when I look back like I was tolerating i don't care it could have been the minimum for others, but for me, if you're not even spoken to in a respectful manner that's that was always off the table for me. Mm. That wasn't acceptable. So I had to make this transition, which was very difficult, to where some of the younger inmates in particular, you know, again, it's all posturing. They want to be seen as tough guys and whatever, whatever, and it's all nonsense at the end of the day. It doesn't mm. move anybody forward, yeah. nobody. How did you get out ultimately? Now, there's a time and a place for all things. I got to say that. Yeah, There is a time and a place for all things. I wasn't, I wasn't a huge advocate of violence, and yet having said – There is a time and place for all things when one's survival or loved one's survival depends upon it without getting into the psychology of all that. But it's finding that that cutoff. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I I got lost in my own labyrinth there. I'm sorry. How did you get out? How did you get out? Time. It was time. Even though I was sentenced to multiple lives in prison uh, over the years because I was hit hit with a book, as it was said time through appeals, et cetera, et cetera. I mean it, it – And good behavior and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. I mean yeah. if I would have cooperated with the government, I would have been out decades ago. Right, right. Quite and literally. I and mean, California was sort of
1: emptying the prisons at this time too. That's there correct. Was
0: motivation to get people out. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Hence the reason I got the phone call actually two weeks ago just where parole is concerned. A lot of my other f- former old-timers were calling me from California, tell me, hey, Mikey D, guys of every race, Mikey D, Yonk, Paisan, whoever. Hey, they're kicking us off early. You, Mikey D, check into it. They're, they're letting us off paper early. Lo and behold, I got off two years early. A lot of them. It was halftime. They were kicking them off because it's the system's inundated. It's mm. a, it's an eighty billion dollar a year industry, and that's without the hidden cost. Eighty billion dollar industry called Department of Corrections. Yeah. And when you start factoring in the monies that families are spending for attorneys for vid to go see their their loved ones their brothers their their fathers their uncles etc in prison their sons the vending machines etc do you know that the the the, that figure of and that's last time i checked dr drew 80 billion dollars a year is spent on the prison industrial complex in this country that money could be much better spent in my opinion with programs etc etc rehabilitation whatever it is programs in the communities so, you're, so you you feel that there is hope for people that are in these prisons always to to be able to, yeah there's always hope and that we should be finding ways to help them that's and, correct yeah yeah let's spend yeah. our money a little better yeah. 180 i started to tell you it's it's over i think 150 180 billion dollars a year with the hidden costs that's going into the mm. the prison industrial complex in this country a year it's incredible can we spend a little of that money, Doctor Drew, putting it into the dilapidated hey man, communities, etc., etc.? Et
1: you get thirty billion. You can take right off the top if you properly treated the drug addictions. And Absolutely, stuff. yes. <laughs>
0: right and and in this because country, a lot of these people are just drug addicts, straight up. Doctor Drew, yeah. in this country, and I've 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 lived it most of my life. Hmm. Addiction is criminalized in the United States. Oh yeah, no, I get it. Well, here's here's what happens. Yeah, we we're, we're we're moving.
1: In a sort of a decent direction, as far as that goes, okay, but people on drugs do criminal things, yes, that's the part that everyone misses I get that. you know they, they, when you're on drugs, particularly opiates, you will be criminal <laughs> it will happen not because you 're a criminal because you're a drug addict, and yeah, sometimes the legal system should jump in there and just bring it, but other times you should be f- mandating some kind of way of managing the underlying condition, and somehow we just don't. <laughs> It's weird to me that we don't do it. It's just bizarre. Mm-hmm. Mike, uh I got to wrap this up. Uh, congratulations on the book. We Thank look forward you. to book 2. Yes. Is this you and your dad in the front? Or is this You, you know and your that's son? funny. That's you and me son. and my son. I've been asked yeah. that before. Yeah. That's me and
0: my son standing Fantastic. in New Folsom. Him as a little boy. Again, compilation it, it of look, letters. It looks, you know, it looks so long ago. It strikes,
1: it's, it's, you know, it's, I get it. It, it makes it's you a think snapshot of, in time, right? Yeah. Well, it makes you think. Oh, that must have been that long ago. Like this is your dad and you, but mm-hmm. but uh, you and your son. What a
0: glorious young man! What's he doing now? So he's he's back. He's still we're still trying to. Figure out. I came out to a grown man as a son, yes, so we're still yes. trying to figure that to out. Navigated. His yes. life is good. Oh, it's it's amazing. Well, that's all that was important to you, right? Absolutely. What,
1: that really is that, that and the family, of that course. He, and but that he thrives. That was yes. a motivating thing. He's doing that. Yes. Yes. It's breathtaking, Mike. It really is. Uh, it, it's. It, I'm. I'm spending enough time here with here now that I'm getting. I'm. I'm I'm such a weird empath. I start to catch what people are feeling. So, I, so I'm so I'm getting a little bit of your PTSD stuff. I'm uh, feel, it's all right, but I, but it lets me know how much talking about this is evocative for you.
0: Yes, it's very evocative. And for all that suffer PTSD, yeah, we need to talk about it and be okay with that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but the answers are really right where you've been fishing, which is the spiritual, the service, and these um, making a difference. Purpose, Agreed. Purpose. Agreed. You know. Uh, and you seem to be doing that. So, congratulations. Thank you, Dr. I'm Drew. so glad you're out. I'm, and because I've, I'm getting a lot of your stuff. And so, because um, mm-hmm. I've seen you now across two years, mm-hmm. I know how well you're doing and how Thank we, you. and meeting your sister yes. happens to be in the room here with us. A yes. pleasure. And he is doing great, right? I mean, I'm, it's, so, I'm so proud of I'm you. Yeah, amazing, right? So proud. Yep. Uh, and so, keep it up, my friend. And uh, whatever you can do to help those who are struggling or prevent those from going down the path i yes. think that's you're right that's if you can prevent the trajectory man that's that's the most important thing of all it's a lot easier than yes. spending billions of dollars later trying to
0: manage all this and all these broken broken lives you know the pebble in the pond you know it's we got to stop that there's got to be a point where Enough's enough. Right. Do you
1: want anybody to follow you anywhere else? You've got Mikey D Speaks as the website. MikeyDSpeaks.net.
0: That's correct. Uh, Is there a Twitter or anything like that? Not yet. I'm still getting acclimated to all this. uh, Don't don't rush it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It'll
0: add to your PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) Trust
1: (laughs) me. All right, Mike. Thanks so much, our friend. Thank Drew you for having me, Dr. Drew. And uh, for us to be, we'll see you next time. God bless. For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Doctor Podcast. That's D-R-D-R-E-W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the and sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital Production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to DrDrew.com. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show about deep fakes with Nina Schick.
0: We're no longer going
1: to know what's authentic and what's synthetic. And not only that, it's going
0: to become accessible to everyone. Porn is the beginning. The creations were just unlike anything anyone had seen before. This is a real live video where the celebrity is moving her face. She's got different expressions.
1: I can make a nude image of your sister, your wife, your mom from a single photo, for example, from Facebook. Minors are being targeted as well, young girls. We are living at a time where there's going to be more disruption and flux than potentially has ever been in the history of humanity. And the reason for that is because of the exponential technological change that's coming our way. What is this information ecosystem that's basically come into existence in the past 30 years? It's going to take some time for society to catch up. To learn more about how we can avoid being duped by deepfakes, check out episode 486 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Saddle up and get ready for Westerns Weeks on Pluto TV, all for free. We're coming in blazing with favorites like True Grit and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Or immerse yourself in binge-worthy series like Yellowstone and Walker, Texas Ranger. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies, TV shows, and more. The best part? It's free. No credit card, no sign-up, no fees. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now.